Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Have you ever felt you were like Robert Heinlein's book, A Stranger in a Strange Land? Maybe you've grown up almost remembering something about life that seemed just out of your reach. So you've been on a journey to remember, to pierce the veil between the known and the unknown. Join me and my guest today, Carrie Hummingbird. She is having one such incredible journey. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio, founder of The Baca Journey, fast-track technology for your co-creative power. For visionaries, innovators, company founders, and product designers, optimize your ability to create more in less time and enjoy every minute. Carrie Hummingbird, soul guide, channels white eagle, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light activation of human DNA. She is the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, host of Soul Nectar Show, and founder of the Skills Not Pills movement. She shares the early years of her spiritual awakening in the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. Carrie Hummingbird shares channeled teachings of White Eagle in her Reinvent Yourself programs for individual and group mentoring. I've spent time with Carrie and I've watched her in different situations that Gosh, she just delights my heart because there's so much that she's got to share and that she brings, that she brings with such generosity because she's just, she's willing to be there. She's willing to show up and be who she is. So I'm so delighted to welcome you, Carrie, to Wisdom Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I'm really delighted to be here. Uh, this is such an honor and a privilege for me to share this conversation with you, which I know is going to be profound today. It feels like that already. It feels like we've kind of waded into this um, ah, kind of like a new dimension. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm always excited to find out what's next. <laughs> right, exactly. And that, so that takes me to something that I wanted to kind of start with, which is the path of the unknown. You know, that excitement to see what's next could also be a very fearful place because the unknown is, because it is unknown, is something that, hmm, while for me, I've always said it's like my, it's my path, it's what keeps me going. For a lot of people, it's something that they, they don't quite know how to kind of hang out with. How has that been for you? Well, I would characterize that as earth amnesia. <laughs> and I've had a healthy dose of earth amnesia in my lifetime. And I would say that I didn't really start to wake up until eight years ago when I had my first spiritual healing from a shamanic practitioner 
and I started realizing that I was more than one thing. I always had this thought that I was this one solid thing called Carrie. And when I had that experience, all of a sudden I could feel that I was multiple things all at once inside of the one thing. Mm-hmm. And he was pulling energy out and I could feel it leave. Like, what is that? And all of a sudden it broke apart my notion of who I was and what I was. And it got things moving. So, but before that, I spent, you know, a lifetime of being completely unaware of what I was, <laughs> like not knowing at all, just thinking I was this solid thing called Carrie. And, you know, I walked around and I showed up and I did my thing and it was very, you know, labor, laborious, right? But something took you to have that shamanic healing. You know, some part of you was not quite that total solid, I'm just Carrie and that's all I am. Yes. And so I will say that I did keep, I look, I often look back at this and I say, how did I get to the place where I actually made that breakthrough? And I think partially it was because I never let my creativity go. I always was an, an artist. I always had a creative outlet. I always kept that right side of my brain, quote unquote, open and active, that creativity. And that, that is the channel. That's the gateway to spirit. Um, but also, um, it was devastation. You know, it was despair. It was the deep, dark tunnel of self-loathing, you know, that really got me to that spiritual healing because I had been in a relationship for 20 years. I had been in psychotherapy, sitting across from a therapist trying to fix myself for the same amount of time. And even before that, in my youth, you know, in psychotherapy, like there's something wrong with me. So this idea that there was something wrong with me, you know, sort of devolved you know, down a dark tunnel of self-shame and, and self-loathing. And I ended up um, kind of getting, I think, to the place where I said, it's not working trying to fix me, so forget it. <laughs> I will just go be bad someplace else. And I left my marriage, and I, I set off on like, you know what, I'm just going to be me, even if it's terrible. And that actually ended up opening the door, though, because, nice. yeah, I was open to new alternatives then. I wasn't, I wasn't stuck in the old paradigm of, like, the psychology anymore. I was like, forget psychology. I'm not talking about it anymore. And I ended up finding out about yoga, and that opened up things, right, because I started moving my body and unlocking things, which, funny enough, I'd always been doing my whole life, but I didn't know it. I'd been doing these crazy, like, stretching postures, you know, like. Following the energy. Yeah, like I was even in college, like doing crazy stretches and people would be like, what are you doing on the floor? Like I'm stretching, you know, I thought it was so weird, but I just needed to move my body. Like I couldn't, I felt stuck. I felt Uh stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt stuck and it was uncomfortable and rigid inside of my body and I didn't like it. So I think, I think it was really getting down to this deep, dark pit of despair knowing there had to be more than this, there has to be more. Like it cannot, this can't be why I came here. This can't be it. And that's a great juxtaposition of, I can't be, it's not that I need fixing. And that's really why I left psychotherapy, being a psychotherapist a long, long time ago, because I, I, I knew that there was something so much bigger than that. But for you, it's like you, it's not like you were, oh, I'm happy, I'm fine, I'm great you knew that there was another path to get to where you, wherever you wanted to go. 
I didn't actually know that there was another path. What happened was at the end of the dark, so dark pit of despair, 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. I was trying to make this work with my mm-hmm. former, with the parent of my father of my children. I like to say it that way now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's nicer than X, whatever. Yeah, I just, not a fan of that anymore. This is the father of my children because he will always be that. Um, it just wasn't working. It was getting worse and worse and more and more shaming and more and more judging and more. It was just getting icky, really icky. And all of a sudden, I had this vision. And that's what I'm saying. Like the art channel, I think, kept us open. I had this very clear vision of the end of the rope. Like, like a big ship's knot, like the big, huge knot that's at the end of a thick ship rope that you tie to a dock to dock a boat, you know, or a ship to, I saw that and it went poof out of my hand. And I was like, that's the end of the rope. Like I just knew. (laughs) That's the end of the rope. And I said, okay, that's the end of the rope. And I knew in that moment, seeing that vision and that clarity, I was like, it's, it's time to leave. I got to go now. Yeah. I didn't know where I was going. I did spend the next two or three weeks trying to figure out how I was going to make enough money to support myself and secretly planning and plotting and finding a place to live. And I'm going to move everything without him knowing. And so I, you know, I did all that um, because I was afraid of reprisal, you know, that things had gotten very dark. So mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, and it ended up not that way. So I want to say to clear the name of my father and my children, it, it, there was never any of that. It was all in my mind. Like I had a lot of fear in my mind about confronting him about this and leaving. But that was a lot of my own fear of doing that, that I was confronting. And Yeah. And, then, and, and once you confronted it and did something, took some action, something shifted? Yeah. Once I confronted it, um, basically what happened was my, my mom interjected. Uh, as they do. And she said, you know, we have this new tenant uh, that's sleeping in our guest house. And why don't you talk to her? Cause she's been divorced 10 years and I think she could probably teach you some things. And that's the last person I wanted to talk to was this woman. I did not want to do it. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, what can it hurt? So I went over for dinner. We had a really actually a fantastic conversation and she introduced me to, to like the Viking runes, which I'd never seen before. And so we did a little draw, a little pull on those. She introduced me to a pendulum and how to use a pendulum. And I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, does that really work for you? And I started learning about this. And then she said one night um, that she'd gotten this healing from a shaman. And then after she had that healing, her whole life changed. Like everything changed. And I thought, that's what I need. So I went home and Googled shaman in Austin. (laughs) 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 That is what I need. And I found this local shamanic teacher practitioner and I got a healing. So yeah, it was synchronicity. I was, but the thing is I was willing to take the journey. And I think that's really the big thing is when, when people get those um, spirit signs, like I call it like my end of the rope. Mm -hmm. Most people go, I know it. I see it. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you soul for telling me. Oh, I can't do it. I'm too scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah where I just like flung myself off the cliff. And I think the reason I did that was because I figured it can't possibly get any worse than this. Like it's already so bad that flinging myself off the cliff is better than staying. That's the part I was in. And, and really just to what I want to reframe that just a touch, even though it felt like flinging yourself off the cliff, it's yeah. the willingness 
Yeah, How willingness. willingness to really stand for yourself. It was and a stand. So beautiful. And it was willing to um, make a choice for me that didn't involve a compromise with somebody else. Yes. So for me, because this is something you talk about, and I, and I want you to speak to this, um, that is an example of showing up with a create, courageous heart. That, I'm so glad you said that, because I hadn't really thought about it, but yes, I've, been, I've had a courageous heart for a very long time. Mm. I think I was born with a courageous heart. I mm -hmm. came here having a courageous heart. Yeah. to face the things that I faced like in my early childhood because some traumatic things there and then moving around a lot as a kid like I don't uh, so many times we moved and I'd go to a new school and my mom would be like you just squared your shoulders and walked on in <laughs> like that's kind of wow. like mm -hmm. I just square my shoulders and walk in I don't know what I'm gonna find <laughs> I hope it's good but yeah you kind of learn to do that I guess when you move around a lot or you if you don't square your shoulders and go in courageously, then you're entering a shark tank and you're like a little fish that's going to get devoured, right? So you have to, I think at some point this world is very, um, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of aggression in this world and a lot of um, posturing and a lot of, um, you know, sort of competition and trying to one-up mm -hmm. people. Yes. And I'm not that kind of person. But in order to survive that kind of world and still be true to myself, I've had to cultivate this ability to be courageous and walk into it knowing that I'm not going to retaliate if someone hits me. Like I got hit one time in high school. Mm -hmm. This girl came to my house, lured me outside through a friend of mine, and then wanted to confront me because she thought I was stealing her boyfriend or something like that. And so she... And she was the town bully. This woman, this girl brought like a hundred people to the bus stop. I kid you not that morning to, to try to bully me. And then I avoided it and the bus came. And, <laughs> but then she came to my house later. She lured me outside and she, and she, and I looked at her and I said, it sounds like what you really need to feel better is to punch me. So if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it so you can feel better. And then we can be done with this. <laughs> that was kind of me at like 12. <laughs> <laughs> So she you punched me. Already in the lip. being a soul guide. <clears throat> she punched me in the lip, gave me a huge fat lip. <sighs> I had to go play soccer that night. I had this big fat lip. And I and she wasn't satisfied. So she chased me in the house and then I called the police because I'm like, listen, I already gave you what you needed. You it wasn't enough. Because it's never enough. That's the thing. Vengeance is never enough. Aggression is never enough. Retribution is never enough. Not when you're giving it willingly. You know, not when you're giving your your permission. <laughs> you yeah. took it away from her, really. I did. I was like, go ahead. And it wasn't satisfying to her because it, didn't, uh -huh. it doesn't feel good to do right. it. And it turns out actually backing up on that story, which I think is relevant for a lot of this conversation, is her dad actually, her mom and her dad brought her over to my house to meet my parents and have a big conversation after that. And she privately took me aside and said, my dad beats me all the time and he has beat me relentlessly for what I just did to you. He beat the crap out of me is what she said. And please be my friend, because if you're not my friend, well, dad will keep beating me. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And the moment that I heard that, my heart just opened with so much compassion, because here I thought, this is nothing about me. I have a family that doesn't beat me. My family, my mom and my dad, they have their flaws. They've done some other things, but they've never beat me. 
Mm-hmm. And here's this girl. She's been beaten by her father routinely. So the only way she knows how to solve problems is through her fists. Yeah. Passing it down the road. Ah. Yeah. Oof. I had huge compassion for that. I wasn't going to shame her for it. I looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry that you experienced that. I don't. And yes, I'll be your friend. Of course, I'll be your friend. And I forgive you. Like, I see why it happened. It's not a problem. And that was a courageous heart that she had. You know, she did. She, she told me. Tell you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you see that, that aspect of courageous heart showing up in your work and, and in, in your clients? Well, what I see it happening is people are resonating with the message of the second wave. So as it's courageous to pick up the book. <laughs> ah, okay. It's courageous. Challenge to our reader, to our listeners. <laughs> it's a courageous to pick up the book because when you open the book, now you're going to remember some things very likely because if you're called to the book in the first place, I, I mean, I feel like I know we're on video, but this book has, we're on audio, but the book has a rainbow heart. So whenever you produce this on video, it has a rainbow eye. Okay, it has a rainbow eye. This was very specific. It's, you know, these uh, messages that are encoded from spirit Mm -hmm. so that when people see it, they know that's the thing that they need to be looking at. (laughs) And they know they need to get it. And I've actually had people tell me I circled around that book on Amazon for a month before I got it. And the only reason I picked it up is because then I got a connection to you in the third dimension through another person. And I realized that was your book. Wow. Then I got the book. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot, even, even people in the second wave who I would say are very courageous to begin with, to be doing the work that they're doing and to come here to the planet to do this work, are still needing to face their fear. Because as soon as you open the book and you start reading, you start remembering the truth of who you are, mm-hmm. which is going to dislodge egoic control. So what part of you is afraid? Your ego. It's afraid if you remember who you really are, it's going to lose control. You're going to try to get rid of it or kill it or, you know, whatever it thinks. Mm-hmm. And this is the courageous part is to courageously face who you are in truth, you know, and there's, um, there's a quote around this. I can't, who said the quote that, you know, we're not afraid of, um, of being less than we're actually afraid of our greatness. There's a quote yeah. around, mm-hmm. around that. Right. And that's very true of this because when you really embrace like who you are in truth, you know, Oh my gosh. I am this powerful being, this divine being, the sovereign being of choice that came here to earth to volunteer to help shift this stuff that's going on in this planet so that it can be the Garden of Eden instead of the Garden of Hell. And I came here to be part of that solution. I'm a badass. (laughs) Then you don't have any more space for your victim stories. You don't. And your doubt, your self-doubt just doesn't exist anymore. It can't in the light of that. And to walk around in the world shining, when in this world, people that shine tend to get attacked by people who are not yet shining, mm-hmm. who feel jealous. Yeah. And I just want to underscore something, um, and that is that shining is not an egoic state. The no. ego has nothing to do with shining. Shining is the truth. Shining is the truth. That's a lovely way to put it, Carrie. And so um, how does that then relate to the fact that now is really the time? It's the time for people like us, 
people who are willing to remember, people who are willing to know that they're here for a purpose and to move with that. Yeah, this relates to an indigenous uh, legend that's in many different cultures about the return of the rainbow warriors. The return of the Ascended Masters, the return of those galactic beings that taught many lessons, you know, thousands of years ago. And some peoples have followed the lessons and some have not. And so this is the choice point, you know, and the legends talk about this, that this is the choice point. Are we going to destroy the earth or are we going to revitalize the earth? Like, are we going to wash the whole thing over with the oceans you know, and wash all of it away? Or are we going to, are we going to work with what we have and make it better and bring it ascending to the next place, to new mm -hmm. earth? Mm -hmm. So the polar caps are melting. The polar bears are dying. People are hunting lions and, you know, trophying them and putting them on their wall. And lions are going extinct. extinct. Species are going extinct all around the planet. There's so many I, I couldn't. The rainforest is being chopped down thousands of acres at a time. And those are the lungs of the planet. So why is now the time? Because... If we don't act now, there will be no more time. We have to act now, which means there's no more room to hide or to be in your self-deprecation or to martyr or to be in self-doubt or confusion. There's basically no more time to be locked up in all the egoic traps that keep you from expressing your soul and your soul purpose in the world. There's no more time for that. And that's the transcending of the drama. And that's what the guide, White Eagle, is calling close the book of fate. Mm. Stop believing the character you came into play because this is a planet of free choice, free yeah. will. So the ones that were here in free will were free willing to not change anything, okay? Mm -hmm. They were collectively free willing to keep it going in the direction it's been going, right? And so galactically, this influences the whole galaxy. This planet is a ripple. You know, the butterfly flaps its wings. It affects the entire creation. And this planet is affecting all of creation by its choices. Mm -hmm. So collectively, and this is the God, G-O-D, is what is in the book, collective God, not like one God with a fluffy beard. God, G-O-D, decided... Mm -hmm that we need to shift this S-H-I-T. <laughs> we need to do it now. And, and the only way to do it is to embody. So the only way to shift a free will planet is to choose as an incarnating soul to come down into the muck with everybody else and be the thing and bring the light to the shadow, bring the light to the beingness, bring the light to the thousands of years of suffering patterns, bring the light to it with your love that you are. And we've already been doing that. Yeah. And that's the raising of the vibration, the raising of the frequency. And the next level of effectiveness is to remember who we are in truth mm -hmm. and to lose the earth amnesia story, which was only a plot, like a movie, like a character in a movie. You just came in to play that character so that you could embody mm -hmm. 
And now it's time to out yourself and be like, oh, by the way, I'm not really from here, but thank you for letting me crash your human party. You know. And by the way, you're all crashing too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some that have been on the planet for a really long time stuck in these cycles. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the more it cycles down, the harder it is to pull it back up without outside interference. Like you've got to have some help, you know? And so there's been a lot of learning on the planet. It's fine. Nothing's gone to waste. We've all learned from the experience, right? But now we're ready to have a new experience. We're ready to have the age of, of Aquarius. It's a whole different thing about to come down. We need to make a shift in order to make that happen. And so as, as leaders of light, and you know we're, we are uh, both part of an organization in the physical world that uh, where a group of people are doing that, but we're also just representatives in our own being at, willing to stand as that, you know, that transformer and say, hey, here I am, and to bring that light and that love forward. So how is it that, um, that as that is affecting change and instigating change, talk about that, that disruption that happens with that and, and then what's needed from there. Yeah, so this hits directly on the reptilian brain. So every one of us are in a human body that has a reptilian brain that has a long, 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 long memory of what happens when you go against the tribe. Anybody that goes against a tribe and does something that the tribe doesn't like gets ostracized, kicked out, and dies, you know, in mm -hmm. this reptilian brain. Yep. So the reptilian brain is that don't rock the boat. But the don't rock the boat mentality is what keeps the planet where it's at because nobody's willing to speak up, step out, you know, maybe ruffle a few feathers and upset some people by saying some things. So this is a necessary component of change is disruption. We're disrupting old patterns that have been going on for thousands of years that do not serve the age of Aquarius where we're moving into. The only way to move into the age of Aquarius is to disrupt the patterns with as much love as you can. Disrupt the patterns. People aren't going to be happy with it. Disrupt the patterns. Show up. Speak up. Stand out. Be an example. Disrupt the patterns in your own life. Disrupt the patterns in your own family, in your community, in your workplace. Speak up when something isn't vibrating correctly in your own heart like this is an old paradigm this isn't working you got to speak up and you got to you can do it in a courageous heart way yeah. you can do it in a loving way you can do it as a teacher as a demonstration of love you don't have to do it with like you know battle axes yeah, it doesn't have to be a punch to the lip it doesn't have to be a punch to the lip exactly yeah it, and you might get punched to the lip okay doing this. You might get punched because some people are really in the fear. They're in the reptilian, they're living from the reptilian brain. And when you're living from the reptilian brain and you haven't activated your frontal cortex yet, you don't understand higher reasoning. Mm. It doesn't mean you can't get there, but it's a journey, people. It's a road and everybody's got to walk the road. Everybody's got to walk the way one step at a time. There's no like shoots and ladders, like skipping over stuff. You've got to huh. walk the journey. Now, that's interesting because I do think that there are mm, quantum leaps. There are quantum leaps, but you've got to work for the quantum leaps. Yes, and. <laughs> and yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. It's not an either or because my experience has been that as I, I become activated, and that can happen in a moment of initiation, 
<clears throat> that that in that moment of initiation, we are brought into a new frequency where we are enabled to be present to all there is and that we do not have to any longer carry the old stories. Absolutely. So let me rephrase that in a different way that maybe makes mm -hmm. my point more clear. So I ask, a, I ask a lot of questions of my guide. <laughs> okay. And so one of the questions I asked was, if, is there anything in this book that I can take credit for from the personality? Like, is there anything <laughs> that, I, that I did that I can take credit for? And my guide said, yes, you prepared the vessel. So what the work preparing the vessel is walking the way. It's what I call walking the beauty way. It's showing mm -hmm. up every day and opening sacred space and making the invitation to the guides and to mm -hmm. my higher guidance and to my angels and my support team. That is, that is part of walking the way. That is, it, that is preparing my vessel to receive what you're talking about is the beautiful leaps in consciousness that can happen. Mm -hmm. I have to do the work to cultivate awareness and discernment within my being of yeah. when mm -hmm. I am in my egoic self and when I'm in my soul self or listening to my mm -hmm. higher guidance. Absolutely. That is walking the way. Okay. There most, there's no, you have to walk the way. You don't skip steps with any of that. And it's a consistency and it's every day. It's a practice. It's every moment. It's a practice. It and is then a, it, it unlocks what you're mm -hmm. talking about, which mm -hmm. is like freaking the reward for doing all that work. <laughs> and I have experienced it and, and work with people in another way, which is mm, providing that leap or creating the means to that leap. And then what happens is you still have to do the paying attention to have the discernment to know the difference in your feeling body between, oh, that's the old pattern. It's not really even operant, but there it is again. And let me take a breath and come back to come back to that which is given, that which was provided, that quantum leap. And that's really the work of the personality self mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is to be aware of it, is to bring awareness back in, to bring mm -hmm. pres to invite presence. Yeah. And to invite mm -hmm. witnessing and to become self-aware. Yeah. And that is and it takes work to do that. Um, because it takes commitment, it takes discipline, it takes practice, and um, to get out of the way of the soul or to collaborate with the soul. So yeah. a lot of people say get out of the way, and I also understand that in a way because sometimes I do healings where I actually physically stand back my personality and, and I can perceive that my soul, like White Eagle, is coming in and doing work, for example. And now I'm like, wow, that's cool. I'm witnessing. That only happened recently because I keep working on my discernment. I'm able to discern the different selves within me at simultaneously occurring so that when I'm in the middle of a healing session and I'm surrendering to my higher power who's doing the healing, I can witness it happening. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I am part of this in the way that I am facilitating making space in my vessel for this to come through. And in that way, I'm not getting in the way of it. You're not getting in the way. Yet you, I, I see that as a co-creation. I think we're it is a co-creation. It's a, a choice to move aside. Yeah, it's a choice, and and you are still having to to stay in that deep, deep, deep place in order for that to take place. In order for that that particular frequency to come through. 
absolutely. I, I, as a personality, I make the choice to surrender my, my free will. Yep. Over and, and over and over. <laughs> yeah. And it, we can, it's a funny thing to dance around that whole free will thing. Um, Cause I, I talk about surrender so often and people say, Oh, surrender, that's a bad thing. And you know, I don't want to surrender because they think it means a giving up of something. And my experience has been that it's so different than that, it, that it's an, it's an augmentation. It's a willingness to, to co-create because it, it comes through my personality. That's my vehicle. But there's this whole other something that, and that's, that, that's the higher intelligence that is able to dance with it. I'm able to dance with it. I think that's really what it is. And I would, and I love that description. And I would add to that description that that's what I, when I tell people this crossing the threshold onto walking the beauty way unlocks a magic door. Mm. If you walk through the magic door and magic happens in your life, like you, mm -hmm. the magic's probably already been happening, but you haven't witnessed it because you haven't invited it. When you invite your soul to play with you, it's like, wow. I mean, this cool stuff. I spend every day in this cool stuff. At least, at least once during the day, probably like a thousand times during every day, I notice, oh, wow, I just got to experience that. And the mm -hmm. only reason I got to experience that or be a sacred witness to that thing, like a client healing or something, is because I made the choice to surrender my will and to be with my soul in co-creation, like you're talking about. And that unlocks the magic because here's the second piece, getting back to the book of fate. The book of fate is a personality story. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The book of destiny is a soul story. If you want destiny, if you want magic, if you want bright lights and like, oh my gosh, that just happened and oh wow, and mystical experiences and amazing stuff unfold or like I had this profound heart opening, if any of that you want, that is the soul. Yeah. You can't do it without the soul. Yep. And, and, and I talk about it as surrendering personal will and letting God's will kind of run the show. But you don't disappear in that. You're the partner. Yeah, you're the partner, and you get to cook, and you get to be part of this amazing thing that's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, I love that. It is bigger than you. So, one last thing I want to ask you about is, uh, and you you've touched on it already, but I want to give you a specific moment to speak about this, which is what is the second wave? So the second wave is a really interesting thing because I asked the same question in February when I was told I was going to channel this book. <laughs> I said, what is that? And I then I remembered, oh, there was this um, research that Dolores Cannon did. So Dolores Cannon being a spiritual teacher, she just passed away recently. But she um, had done, she does this work where she works with people in hypnosis at a deep level at what she calls like the, you know, the super conscious level. And um, she can actually ask questions of people's souls when they're in this, this state of being, this state of hypnosis. So she started conducting research because some soul, some people in this state, their souls started talking about being part of the first wave or part of the second wave or part of the third wave. And they're like, she's like, what is this? So she started surveying different souls, thousands of people that were on this hypnosis state and collecting data about it. And she's actually written a book, The Three Waves of Volunteers. And so she is really the one who uncovered, I, very bigly, you know, I don't know if she's the only one, but she, in my awareness, uncovered this three waves of volunteers. And the second wave of volunteers, in my experience of channeling this book and receiving messages from White Eagle, 
it, much of which is congruent with what uh, Dolores Cannon uncovered, is that um, the second wave came in to embody strains of human suffering directly in family lineages because you have to be embodied in order to heal anything. You can't heal somebody else. They heal themselves. Mm -hmm. And the uh, indigenous people know that you, when you do a healing, you heal seven generations forward and seven back when you heal yourself. So when you, when you make a new decision or change your consciousness around something, it ripples out to all of your ancestors forward and back seven mm -hmm. generations. So this wave of volunteers, the second wave, came in to embody in human being form to heal the patterns of suffering in various human liter, uh, lineages around the planet to collectively ascend the vibration of the planet. And as you can tell, it's working. So it has been working. People have been doing it with earth amnesia. And so God bless you if that's you. Thank you for coming to the planet and doing this work. It has been messy, dark, deep, disgusting. Okay. <laughs> it's been hard. And it might still be feeling hard to you. So this, um, this second wave is also, some of the second wave is also choosing to birth into being the third wave. Because we're giving them a leg up, right? Like we're so... Some of us, and this is where I differ with, differ with what um, Dolores Cannon found in some of her research, is that she said, you know, the second wave people can be very empathic, which I agree with, very empathic, very sensitive, and want to isolate from other people. Yes, because we feel everything. We can be very, like, empathic, shapeshifter kind of people that pick up energy around the environment, very perceptive, mm -hmm. very, very sensitive, energetically very perceptive because we need to be in order to heal things, right? We need to know what we're healing. It has to be uncomfortable for us so that we'll do something with it. Mm -hmm. So very uncomfortable, right? She said that they don't want to have kids because that can create karma. And having children can create karma, and then you might be stuck here another few lifetimes or so, like, trying to resolve it. But the message that I have actually received is that there's quite a number of people in the second wave who have chosen to have children because how else are we going to birth into being the new humans that have the new codes if we don't do it ourselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. <clears throat> Which you got to imagine is so brave because you are opening yourself up to Oh man, if this doesn't work out, you know, I'm gonna have to spend longer on Earth than I anticipated, right? <laughs> like, however, so. that's part of the service. That's part of the service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, each other now. That's what's so great about this book that I love is that if you've been dancing around seeing that rainbow eye and you're like, that looks intriguing, but then you're like off to squirrel mind, off to something else, <laughs> take a moment right now and go get it. And just read the first chapter. Just read the first chapter because it'll unlock, you know, the book is an activation in itself, energetically. Yes, it is a deed. So it, you will wake up when you read yeah. it. And you'll cry and whatever else you need to do. And that's wonderful and a blessing. And now we can connect with each other consciously, knowing who we are in truth. And you thought we got a lot done with earth amnesia? You ain't seen nothing yet. When we get together conscious on the planet at this time, knowing who we are and where we came from and why we're here, this, the, um, the wave of love that's going to be unleashed on this planet, you cannot fathom. And it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable, and that is now. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie. So how can people reach you? How can they find out more? 
where can they get your book? I'm assuming Amazon, but you tell me. <laughs> it is indeed on Amazon.com. And if they want to know more about the second wave, they can visit uh, www.thesecondwave, all spelled out, dot media, M-E-D-I-A, because .com was taken. So dot media. You go to .com, you're going to find something else. So thesecondwave.media. And um, they can also go to my website, and that's kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com. And I want to just say, as we close, the work continues, right? So the first book has been unleashed, and now I'm channeling a book by a white buffalo woman. <laughs> Jeez. Ah. And it's called uh, Fierce Love, Healing the Mother Wound, because one of the primary reasons why on the planet things have gotten so derailed is through the subjugation of women and the disempowerment of mothers on the planet. So that needs to be healed like very quickly uh, through the collaboration of the second wave. So that is the second book that's being channeled right now. If you want to participate in that, you know, just reach out to me and um, the opportunity is there. Wonderful. There's so many opportunities so that many. have to be able to dive into being with you, to, you know, joining in because it is a, it is a movement. If I can, it's use a that movement. Word. Yeah. Yeah. And we decided about this movement before we even incarnated. So. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Carrie. You have brought such mm, wisdom and light and love to our audience. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lori, for having me on the show and for being such a key member of the second wave. I'm so much gratitude for you for being here mm. and being by my side. Thank you, Carrie. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly, as I always say, for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, take a few moments and leave us a review. And for more about connecting with your own creative intelligence, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacajourney.com. That's B-A-C-A, thebacajourney.com. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. Facebook.